All right, shitty intro time. Uh, this is the shitty intro being added in post. Hi, 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 hello. Welcome to the Emo Social Club Podcast. today's episode we are interviewing nate duro duro yes uh yeah fusion shows uh one of the proprietors of Bloodfest, taking place memorial day weekend in michigan howell michigan howell michigan um it was a really cool conversation, so that will be the majority of this episode. Is just talking about how he got that started and all the really cool bands that are playing, and you should probably buy your tickets now because uh, it looks like it's going to sell out. So it's you basically definitely... like it's basically like the modern emo pop punk Lollapalooza, but significantly better. And you probably won't have that many set conflicts, and you will not, absolutely not, spend more than five hundred dollars on a ticket. Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, so before we get into the interview, just some quick plugs for the clubs. <laughs> um, I don't have much going on in the next couple of weeks, but in June, get prepared. Uh, <laughs> June 7th, my uh, cover band, Addie's Corner, is playing at Cubby Bear, and that's the early show that night. And then the late show is uh, Emo Night LA at Subterranean, uh, where there will be guests, and uh, you should buy a ticket now. I don't... It's in the event. There's a hint of who it is. I'm not going to say who it is just in case that's not supposed to be widely spread yet. Uh, but you should buy a ticket if you're planning on going and you should plan to arrive early because it's going to be a GD Rager. Goddamn. Uh, and then that Sunday, June 9th, is uh, uh, I'm DJing at Beauty Bar for the My Chemical Romance Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge 15 year. So that's also going to be a rager. So it's just going to be a rager weekend. It's a rager weekend. Oh, God. I'm going to be so tired. I think Saturday I have some free time. <laughs> That'll be nice that. to sleep. Uh, Lizzie, what do you have going on? So next weekend, Memorial Day weekend, unfortunately, I won't be at Bloodfest. And I'm really upset about it because I was planning on originally going. Um, but if anyone's in Cincinnati and going to see the American Ninja Warrior taping, my <laughs> brother is going to be filmed for American Ninja Warrior. So... <laughs> If you're there, say hey, but don't be weird about it because my entire family's going to be there. <laughs> so really, when I say, like, usually I'm like, don't be weird about it. Really, don't be weird about it. Be like, oh, hey, I listen to your podcast. Don't be like, oh, my God, what's up, bitch? Because it's, it's not going to go over well. Um, Here's a legitimate you... question. Do you think that we have any audience that overlaps with people who watch American Ninja Warrior I don't in know. a live recorded setting? <laughs> I don't know if you watch American Ninja Warrior and listen to us for some reason. Let us know. Yeah, get at us. It's Show for us your science. skills. It's for science. Um, and if, if there's anything cool to do in Cincinnati, um, let me know because I have no idea. I have never been to Ohio in my entire ass life, so I don't know what to expect. Some good stuff. Um, there. yeah, and then if you see me hopping around, I'll be at a bunch of different events um around the city, like street festivals for work. Um, for 93XRT, so what's up? 
if you are going that entire crazy weekend that Brian mentioned, um, <laughs> if you're going to Vampire Weekend on Rurley Island, say hey to your girl. <laughs> um, so I'll be there in between all the emonists as well. Um, I'll be bouncing around between um, all those events that Brian listed except for Eddie's Corner because I will be at MCR Happy Hour at Beauty Bar before then and probably hop down over and meet you over at Emo Night LA. Wait, that's an MCR Happy Hour? Yeah. I thought it was another band. (laughs) Why are they doing two MCRs in one weekend? I don't know. That's not my decision. Why not? It's not my choice. Double the boo-boo-ness that could happen. Uh, It's not my choice. Anyway... Also, my band plays it. We play at like 920. Like, you could make it. Anyway. Wow. uh, Another quick thing I just wanted to add is that I haven't been doing Twitch streams lately. uh, And if anybody actually gives a shit, uh, I'm just sort of focusing on some other stuff right now. And we'll eventually get back into it. But just had a lot of, like, weird tech issues with, like, getting it to stream and working correctly. So, pause but will return in the future. So, yeah. Uh, and then, just as a another thing that we are doing on June 5th in the week of emo shit is our emo karaoke event. Uh, and I wanted to give this its own moment in this pre-episode stuff uh, because the event itself is supporting the Chicago Abortion Fund. And obviously, if you've paid any attention to the news or your Twitter feed or your Facebook feed or anything this week, as you know that you haven't lived under a fucking rock. Yeah, you know there's some fucking bullshit going down. Um, we are we're gonna put together an interview with Laura, who is the uh, the representative who's working with us from Chicago Abortion Fund for the event, uh, helping us run the whole thing. So we are gonna have an interview with her where we talk more about. Uh, these sort of issues but i would like to just say for this week uh you know there's some fucked up shit that's going on in our country out there right now um make sure to protect your mental health and not to be so uh you know uh, don't be reading everything you don't need to be uh, a, a warrior right now of reading everything that everybody posts and posting about it and arguing with people on the internet uh, I've already had to, you know, talk to some people like, hey, if you need a break, take a break. It's OK. Like shit's fucked right now. Um, but obviously, like we're pissed as as uh, as progressive Americans. I think we're both pretty fucking pissed that like anybody's doing this. Um, it's important to note that uh, there's a lot of political reasons behind it. One of them is the eventual hope to overturn Roe v. Wade. So these are kind of over-the-top, ridiculous abortion laws to bring it to the Supreme Court and get uh, you know Gorsuch and Kavanaugh to vote on this as two pro-life conservative judges, younger judges appointed to the Supreme Court for a longer period of time. Uh, and so what I would say to anybody who wants to help is obviously to donate, and we will have... Uh, some links on all of our socials for the the event that's coming up to uh, to donate, but also be aware that you know this is local governments that do these sort of things. This was the Alabama State Senate that passed this through, and that is a local election. And I I know for a fact that local elections get a very low voter turnout. And Illinois, while Chicago is very blue and liberal. very yeah. liberal and very democratic. 
not all of Illinois is, and there are people in in other parts of Illinois that that may agree with these sort of uh, uh, arguments that are being made on the other side and want to do these sort of things here in our own state. Uh, we are not protected as much as we might think we are, uh, just because we live in a, a liberal hotbed in well, the city. The thing is, though, at least in Illinois, even if God forbid Roe versus Wade is overturned, Illinois still allows because of our state right now. But mm-hmm. um, you would still be able to have access to an abortion. But obviously, yeah, if it comes to it where we have localized elections and they say, "Oh no, we don't want this anymore." it becomes so much more problematic. I mean, it's already inherently problematic now because if you look at the actual law, it's pretty much any cases, you know, there's some people who are like, I only believe in abortion if it's like cases of rape and incest or like if the mother is going to die or the baby's going to die, you know, Mm -hmm. very itemized. Mm -hmm. And Alabama law doesn't allow that. It doesn't matter, which is incredibly fucked up. And the fact that uh, the fact of the matter is that an older white Republican woman initially wrote this law and mm-hmm. signed it mm-hmm. and pushed it through, and is that's also not really being addressed, you know, because there's you know twenty white men, just a bunch of men who passed this law who clearly have never taken any basic biology class. Um, or was just tightly in around with religious education only because you're in Alabama, so that makes sense, I guess. But <laughs> besides the fact of that, it's it's an incredibly archaic and torturous method, and it completely disregards all of progression of science and mental health and anything that has to do with you know criminal justice. Because just imagine, you know. The, a poor woman who has to carry, like, say, her racist child until the end. And, you know, you're going to have a lot of emotions and feelings. And then, God, you know, maybe she's going to resent the child. And then it's more mental health, health issues for both of them. And then it can lead to poverty, it can lead to sickness. And the biggest thing is, if our government allows us, allows people to not vaccinate their fucking kids... <laughs> And because because they think that they're gonna get autism, which is not it's just not a thing. It is unfounded. This has been disproven time and time over. Please don't get vaccinated. Everyone needs an updated measles shot if you were born after eighty nine. I think before eighty nine. Otherwise, go to your doctor and ask if you need updated measles shots because please don't get measles. Um, but if we're allowed to do that and let kids die because we don't want our kids to get autism from vaccines that are life saving. Um, but we won't allow a woman who no longer, who, who's maybe not able to afford a child, or maybe the baby's going to die as soon as it's born. Um, it's fucking ridiculous. There's no logic, sense, or reasoning besides the fact that people aren't, are highly unable to separate church and state, which we have progressed so much further from revolutionary times where we don't need that logic or reasoning anymore solely instilled within religion because we have research, we have science, we have different politics, we have all these different things um, that can help us govern to become better people. And maybe some people think that that's just us being our liberal northern selves. But I think that having control and a say over my body is pretty cool, you know? I would just like to put that out there. It's kind of cool not to have somebody dictate what I can and can't do. 
especially when it comes to my health and well-being <laughs> and that of somebody else potentially um once it is actually a viable pregnancy and there is heartbeat you know after like you know two and a half three months um which this bill um is like in the middle like the beginning of two months in the middle of two two and a half months which is when a lot of people actually find out that um they are you know expecting and then you don't have a lot of time to figure out what to do next so um obviously abortion should be safe accessible and affordable and we really hope that we're able to do that and stand in solidarity with our other um states that still allow these options for women who need it and you know missouri's passing it ohio may be in the next state so if i'm in ohio and it happens i'm not going to be happy about ohio and i'm going to be like hmm, maybe there's a reason why i've never been to ohio I don't um, think you'll be needing to get an abortion over no, your weekend in not. Cincinnati. <laughs> issues with the whole state. It's it's issues, and again, I mean, this is a this is a Republican conservative method of getting it overturned for more states and more people around the country. And it's important that everybody stays vigilant on this anger and what's happening right now, and does something with it, does something about it. And uh, when we have Laura on the podcast to talk more about it, uh, we hope that you're still angry, still pissed off about this happening and are still ready to uh, support and be a part of. uh, If you can't make it to our event, there are ways to donate. There are things you can do. And we will talk more about that on that episode. So on that incredibly dour note, (laughs) let's lead it into our interview (laughs) uh, with Nate from Bloodfest. (laughs) Transitions are Uh, yeah, so we, uh, we are going to do another, uh, little part where we introduce you and, and talk a little bit about it before we get into the interview. So, uh, we can do a quick little intro here which will kind of be like the start of the, the podcast recording. Sure. Um, so we'll pretend that like we've already said what you do, but maybe we'll have you say it again just in case we fuck it up later. Actually, I'll just okay. have you do it now. We haven't done it yet. Like why – we'll just have you do it now so then it's like we sound like we're correct at all times. <laughs> okay. That works fine. This is how so we – uh, this is you audio want me magic. To tell you, you want me to tell you what I do? Yeah. Uh, tell us. Tell us what you do. Well, my name is Nate DeRoe, and I am the founder and president of Fusion Shows, which is a concert promotion company here in Michigan. And uh, in that, I supervise my staff and book about 400 shows a year and have been doing so since 2008. So I'm coming up on like 4,000 shows that I've booked. Uh, I oversee the marketing and the production and the staffing and the accounting and all the spreadsheets that go along with being a concert promoter, basically. <laughs> so I sit at my laptop about 14 hours a day and and make spreadsheets. And uh, they those spreadsheets magically turn into concerts. <laughs> that is honestly probably my dream <laughs> of all dreams. Yeah? I, I fucking You're a love spreadsheet spreadsheets. guy? All right. Yeah, all right. that's, I mean... Most of the time at work, I'm doing uh, spreadsheets. 
like creating okay. or, or whatever I need to do. And I keep applying for new jobs where I'm like, can you give me more spreadsheets to work? On? <laughs> well, you now know a spreadsheet guy. So if you ever need uh, yeah. assistance in, in formulas and spreadsheets, I gotcha. Oh, dude, I'm going to send you so many formula questions. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Lizzie, you don't understand. Like when you get a formula no, down, I keep my numbers straight. <laughs> When I, I got a, I was working on this formula the other day and I realized like, oh, I got it. And then I like a couple of days later, relooked at it and I go, wait, no, it's not correct. And then I changed just one thing and it fixed like all kinds of stuff throughout all of these like spreadsheets that I'm using that like link to one another. Right. Uh, it felt so you, good. You wish you could like record it and then put it as a GIF in slow-mo and then just yeah. watch it over and over and over again. Yeah. It's like I want a YouTube channel of just me reacting to to me fixing formulas in Excel <laughs> and just like pushing my like putting my hands to my face, just like oh god, it looks so oh good. It's yeah. like an it unboxing is... video, but not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I think there's a there's a there's a crowd for that. Probably, I believe it. It's probably like a bunch of dudes in like their office, and they're all like, I just can't get it, and then they watch it, and then like they come into this realization with you. So it's like a very spiritual moment. Right. <laughs> spiritual. right. There was one guy. There's one guy who did like a um, he did like a video about changes and patches to Excel. Like Microsoft put out like changes to to what Excel could do, and he did like a gaming style Twitch stream video about it. Like, yo, welcome oh, nice. to the Spreadsheet Masters channel. I'm here to talk oh, no. about these new changes to Excel. I can't believe they patched this. Like, that's gonna affect the meta game in these ways, and like going like super into like video game lingo on it. And it was completely right. fake, but I was like, wait, is this real? Like, this is so good. <laughs> and, they, and that's what you go to sleep to every night is like yeah. that on repeat. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I don't want to deal with these changes in Excel tomorrow. <laughs> well, uh, that's been uh, our entire uh, Excel-based podcast. Right. <laughs> right. Get we, back we, into we call the... it good, right? That's all yeah. That's all this was about. That was the end. So thank you. No, uh, let's get back. Yeah, into it's, the... a side, it's like a side office podcast, you know, just how to do basic, you know, Microsoft, you know, office and documents, how to work it, you know? If you listen yeah. to every episode, you're you're trained on Microsoft Office. <laughs> It's uh, it's Google Drive for me, but I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll allow the uh, swear words to be uttered in this uh, <laughs> in this podcast. That's fine. perfect. If you want to pay for your spreadsheets, you're more than welcome to. Fair. <laughs> Anywho, I don't want to talk about spreadsheets anymore. What else are we gonna That's talk fine. about? Yeah, let's talk back about uh, about music and concerts. So yeah. Uh, uh, sorry well, again, go, Lizzie. You go ahead. <laughs> You're so you, um, what what kind of prompted you to found Fusion Media that then prompted you to go in and start Bloodfest? Oh God, um, do you want? I guess we we have time for the long version, right? We that's definitely the, that's, do. That's the whole point of a podcast is so you Absolutely. can tell the long story that you usually say. Well, that's a long story. So, um, <laughs> the long story. So I went to college. Uh, at the University of Michigan and was a fancy engineer boy uh, doing 23 hours of math a day. Wow. Probably, probably where the spreadsheet problem came from. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I uh, I went to U of M. I hated, hated it, didn't want to be there anymore. Uh, the thing that I did for fun was go to shows. It's, uh, I didn't go to shows in high school I didn't start going until my first year of college. 
I didn't really know that there even was like a concert business beyond like arena shows, you know, like, like, yeah, my parents would go see freaking foreigner or whatever, but I didn't know that there was like a St. Andrew's hall or, a, you know, clubs and, and smaller rooms and didn't know anything about DIY. It's funny. All the promoter friends that I have across the country are like, yeah, dude, when I was 13, I threw down with fucking American Nightmare in this VFW hall. And I'm like, no, I was watching, like, my first shows were like Matchbox 20 at the Palace. <laughs> um, so, like, I spent most of my time uh, outside of school going to shows uh, to go see, like, 90s alternative bands. I grew up on Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and all that kind of stuff, but was a little too yeah. young to go to shows. And then basically spent my time going to see bands like Our Lady Peace and Fuel and frickin' Silver Chair and, and shit like uh. that. So that's kind of where I got started in music. And... Uh, I know you got uh, the one the one podcast that I listened to. You guys, you and uh, Johnny went deep down the the new metal rabbit hole. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> um, which we'll we'll spare the listeners, but they, I, you know that was kind of in that same era. I was going to the Family Values tour, Limp Bizkit, Corn shows. Oh my god! Oh yeah. St- Stained was one of my favorite bands at the, at the time. <laughs> Is one of my favorite bands. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I'm 40 years old. I can I can own that. Hell yeah, um, own that shit. <laughs> So, um, I got into that, but again, I had no idea that there was like a, an economy of any sort, uh, to music beyond that point. So I, I was going to school for civil engineering and then I hated that. So I transferred into architecture and I hated that. And then I, uh, dropped out of U of M, um, and went to a small school called Baker college, you know, small town called Owasso, which is kind of a punchline in and of itself, um, that, that somebody in the music industry started in Owasso, Michigan. Um, but I went there for a general business management degree and basically it was like, okay, I'm going to run a Home Depot. Like that's where I was working as I was, I was working at Home Depot. I didn't know what the hell, like what, what careers were even out there. I was like the least career ready human being at age 20 that there ever was, um, had no vision for the future. I was like, wherever I am now, I'm just going to run someday. You know, like that's all there was. <laughs> like I'm going to run a, a Staples or a Home Depot or something like that. So um, I decided just to get the degree out of the way. But while I was there, I was a, a RA, residence hall assistant or whatever you call them, resident advisor, um, which basically meant I narked or didn't nark on the kids that were drinking in the dorm room <laughs> next door, uh, depending on... Which kids are your buds? Right, yeah, yeah. Like, like I had to step in when Jeff, uh, the kid across the hall, was, like, taking a baseball bat to the couch in the hallway. Like, that was the point. And that was the same room that also, like, turned their oven on but forgot that they put a bunch of pots and things inside, so it caught on fire. So, like, I was like, all right, I have to, like, address this because not only are you guys drink in your room but now the, the, the stove is on fire so <laughs> anyway, while that was going down um uh I, I had to do two events per semester as part of being an ra and well most of the other ras were like oh, let's do uh i don't know craft night or movie night or just insert something before the word night 
um, I decided to call up one of my buddies' local bands that I that I went and saw do basically '90s alternative covers at bars. Um, I was like, "Do you guys want to come play a show at my school? Like, I could probably get you a couple hundred bucks from from them." So they brought a PA and set up like in the lobby of the dorm and. You know, Baker College being a very small campus, uh, there was only 400 people that stayed on campus. Like half of campus showed up, and it was like that night I just went, "Oh shit!" Like I just did a cool thing. You know, <laughs> my brother and my dad both play guitar, and I just have this like, if you can imagine a wall right in between your eyes, where like your right arm and your left arm don't like they can't communicate with each other. Like if guitar was a one-handed instrument, I could do it, mm-hmm. but I can't. Like they don't talk to each other. So I can either do like the fretting on the left hand or I can do the strumming on the and the picking on the right hand, but I can't do both at the same time. So I never could do music. So this was my first moment of like to me like making music. Um which was pretty cool. So um did you hear that text bing? Oh, you're fine. Just a little bit, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> production manager to shut up and leave me alone because he'll keep going um, but uh um yeah so i threw the show and half a campus showed up and like i got like that buzz of like the i'm sure it's the same feeling or similar feeling to like when an artist plays a show and people show up to see them you know it's like i was the cent one of the central figures in like gathering these people together and having a good freaking time and in owasso michigan there was no good times so um you're was, like we are the good times i am the good times. yeah and it was like it was it was legendary you know as far as as far as that it, it was definitely the most talked about event so we did another one and we did another one uh in the coming semesters and i was just like this is cool um and from that i started to like kind of dabble in in whatever underground local music scene there was in owasso at that point which was very little but there was something there um it was very easy for me to like climb to the top of that which was like booking the city festival you know like every small town has like the maple syrup festival or the the pineapple you know like have a growth Right, yeah, like whatever grows in that city in the in the corn in, in the farm fields down the street, like they just slap the word festival on the end of it, and then they put a stage in the middle of the street and eat elephant ears. Why? Well, I, I got to book that. Uh, it's called the Kerwood Festival at Owasso, and you know it literally was just like five cover bands a day playing on this dumpy stage in a parking lot, but it was the coolest thing I had ever done, you know. <laughs> and it just continued like the geek out of like I can put people together and I can book bands this is pre myspace pre facebook uh pre social media in general so damn yeah damn he's old god i had no idea well no usually people like that we interview are like oh yeah i was doing this on myspace like we've never had somebody who's doing so pre myspace because like you've never talked to anybody in your podcast that's older than 32 i even didn't (laughs) even start i'm 32 so yeah that's true uh yeah I, i got even i was like starting music like playing music and trying to get my band booked on myspace like i don't remember what it was like to do it before then right it was uh it it, there was pure volume was just kind of starting off which was kind of like what Bandcamp is now you know it's like it had a small social component to it but it wasn't much it was just like you could follow or like this but the site that i used was this site called mp3.com which was like the precursor to 
the explosion of Napster and all that yeah. kind of stuff, which I pretty much spent the rest of my college downloading music illegally on, on the high, <laughs> on the, the T1 and the T3 line that we had humming there. So, so you're, you're, so you're the person I researched about in high school and college. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, I'm the dinosaur that uh, still has stacks of CDs that are like, you know. Uh, data CDs that have like 20 albums on them each. Oh you yeah, know? and oh, I don't even—I don't even know if they go into my—I don't even know if my Mac. I'm—I just bought a new Mac. I don't—it doesn't even have a CD slot, so I couldn't even do it anything <laughs> them at this point. They're literally like coasters. But yep. uh, MP3.com was a site where you would—you would, you would uh, like a Reverb Nation or something like that. You'd have a profile and you could—you could have music up there, but you also had the ability to like kind of pirate music. Um, but you could search by zip code for artists and everybody had a profile. It's just, you know, similar to social media today. The first thing you do when you go like hear about a band is you go, uh, you know, you Google, uh, or you go on Facebook and look it up or you go on Twitter and look it up. And this was, this was that and figured out what was going on in Owasso. And then, uh, you know, that funny thing happens when you graduate and you go away from your college town and you never go back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came back home into uh, Livingston County area, which is Heartland, Howell, Brighton, just kind of in between all the big cities in, in uh, Michigan, and did the same thing, right? Just was like, okay, who the hell, are there bands here? And there was, you know, 20, 30 bands that I found, and not doing a lot, but they were playing hall shows, and they are playing in this one church and a skate park and all this and that, and I just kind of, I don't remember, I just kind of randomly out of nowhere just started emailing them and just asking them, like, what's going on? Do you need somebody to organize these things or work the door or whatever? And I ended up calling this meeting, and we started this thing called the Livingston Underground that night, which was just basically like Livingston County hall shows that no one but high school kids and, you know, the few, like, college kids that didn't go off to the big city cared about, and we started throwing shows in all these different halls and skate park and this old senior center where they like would do bingo during <laughs> the week. But then we would just clear all the tables and like throw a sound system in the corner and like turn all the lights off and just have like one desk lamp clipped to a mic, you know, a mic stand. And that was the whole show. Damn, uh, that's awesome. You know, just as punk rock as it gets. Right. Yeah. Like just, <laughs> Oh, I've got one speaker. I've got one speaker. Okay, cool. Uh, you got a mixer. Uh, and how about this clamp light? And I've got a cash box. And let's put five dollars on it and pass out some flyers in school. And you know, some nights there were uh, 150, 200, 300 kids that show up, and some nights eight kids would show up, and I'd be out on the sidewalk like begging them to go watch the bad juggle rap act that I go <laughs> make their juggle rap act. Oh um, God! I did so many bad things. Like I. We had really great nights that I remember now, like, you know, we had Portugal the Man play a hall show uh, in 2005, like on my PA that I could fit in my grand, my grand am. (laughs) But I, you know, I like to like pat myself in the back and be like, that was legendary. But like most shows were literally just like, I put five bands together that made no fucking sense, you know, a juggle a rap act with an indie pop thing with a death metal band and like... (laughs) You know, we we played this whole ethical like support all types of music and multi-genre shows, but the reality was like nobody wants that shit. Like nobody <laughs> ever wants that shit. They want to go see four bands that sound exactly the same and then go home, and they only want to go to the shows that they care about. Mm-hmm. And that's being a little bit uh, cynical. That's twelve years later. Uh, 
you know, we can <laughs> we can trace yeah. that path. But there were definitely moments where like there was like things that I look back on and think like, holy crap, we did Portugal the Man or the matches or um, Horse the Band and like all these, you know, name bands now in these like small DIY spots. But yeah. most of the time it was just me like yelling at the kids on the sidewalk to stop like throwing cigarette butts in the parking lot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um did that for three years. Uh, the first year we did like 80 shows. The second year we did like 100 shows. Um, third year we got pretty good at it and started, you know, working a lot more with like smaller touring bands like the Swellers and Wilhelm Scream and much the same out of Chicago. And uh, there were just a bunch of like, it was easier for a local uh, or like a smaller band to tour back then because there wasn't as much traffic. So you'd have these bands that would build these regional followings. Now we all have the ability to like listen to whatever the hell we want, no matter where it is. So like the regionalness of music has gone away because I can be a fan of a band in Japan just as much as I can be a fan of a band that lives next door to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and like it used to be that Chicago had this really great like pop punk scene that played in the suburbs and then would come over here and it was bands like Plunkett and the Alumni Club and... Uh, God, I can't even remember all the, the honor recital and all these great bands in like 2005, 2006 that would come over here and they would just like blow people away because they've been playing in the city and like doing real stuff. But then they'd come to Howl and these like Howl bands were good and they were talented, but they weren't on that level. You know, they weren't doing anything with nationals or anything like that. So, so like the honor recital would come over here from Northern Indiana and just like blow people's minds. And then the next time I'd bring them back, like every, the whole freaking all three high schools in the area would show up, you know, <laughs> it's like, how did we build this? Um, we also started working with a lot of spewed a lot at that time, which is obviously, you know, uh, they're, they're one of my like closest groups of friends in the whole world. And one of the things that I'm most proud of is like, having sold out shows with them long before they were killing it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, but all this was happening in like 2006, 2007. And we started being asked to like help book shows in other areas, not in Livingston County. So um, Livingston County, uh, the Livingston underground moniker kind of lost its meaning because it wasn't just in Livingston County. So um, at the same time, I was like helping my friends bands like book tours and shows really poorly like really poorly like putting bands that had no you know sounded like the cure in like really horrible redneck bars you know like, I, like just like i got you a show and they'd come back and be like don't ever do that to us again <laughs> but i was doing that under the under the name blue collar booking um so i kind of like wrapped the two together I'm like all right i'll throw shows blue collar booking presents and then i book tours as blue collar booking and i didn't know the difference between like being a booking agent and being a talent buyer. You know, I'm a talent buyer now. That's what I do. Um, back then, I was just like, I'm booking shows. These are my shows, and these aren't my shows, but these are my bands that are playing shows, and it's all the same thing. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Um, so that lasted for about a year, and then I ran into a guy in Lansing named Irving who was kind of doing a similar thing in uh, Max Bar in Lansing, which is just this little 200-cap shitty dive bar. Um, that's still there, still shitty, but it's our <laughs> shit. Like we love it, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, um, we did three shows together at the end of 2007. Um, 
Portugal the Band with Rocky Votolato, uh, the Ataris, and a Wilhelm Scream with a bunch of, I think the Swellers were on that bill. But anyway, we did three shows together, and they all crushed, and it was like he and I kind of clicked. Like he was good at certain things, and I was good at spreadsheets, and, and it all like <laughs> blended together. So what we did was we fused the two companies together open fusion shows um we had this this logo this really rudimentary logo that looked like like a nuclear symbol that they'd put on the side of like a uh like a toxic waste container <laughs> yeah uh, oh, and our logo was super bright orange and uh, <laughs> i had a kid that was like a local high school kid that uh had some graphic ability that was making flyers for us whose name was ron howard and uh <laughs> the ron howard yeah yeah wow. He moonlighted as our graphic designer. <laughs> was fifteen at the time, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was it was Ron Irving and I, and we fused the two companies together, and away we went. Launched Fusion shows on uh, July January first. Had our first show January eleventh, and then you know here we are, four thousand shows later. And at the end of two thousand fifteen, um, Irving left the company, and I uh, sold the ownership to the venue folks at the Crowfoot and Pontiac. So they own the company now, but I'm still the president of my division and one of the talent buyers for the entire company. So overall now we do about a thousand events a year, 750 to a thousand. And that includes weddings and comedy and uh, parties and bar mitzvahs and concerts more than you could possibly imagine. It's a, it's a lot. Wow. <laughs> so here we are. And, uh, Bloodfest fits all into that in a in a very specific way. So, uh, uh, kind of the whole point of this this uh, thing was you wanted to talk about Bloodfest, which is next week, and uh, it's the only thing on my mind. So now that the long stories out of the way, I can definitely get into that. <laughs> That's definitely cool. I I thought it was so. I heard of Bloodfest for the first time last year, and I wanted to go last year, but none of my friends wanted to go. And I was gonna go this year, but then my brother got is being filmed at for Ultimate Ninja Warrior in Cincinnati, so I can't go. <laughs> so I'm upset. But I mean, fair enough. You know, it's it's only the last one. I mean, sure, yeah. I'm sure your brother will do some cool stuff some other time. <laughs> but, uh, it's it's cool if you're gonna pick your brother over us. That's fine. I know, right? Wow, um, blood over blood. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Got him. Um, <laughs> So while this was all like while we were starting doing shows uh, in Livingston County, um, this dude Ben was a bass player in this band called Fuller that kind of sounded like uh, Every Time I Die, if Every Time I Die was just starting a band. (laughs) Um, And this dude threw a house show uh, after his festival, or after, after his festival, after his like, last day as a senior he threw this uh show in his basement and like on they had a pool party slash basement show and his his nickname was big love he's this tall skinny dude and he was just like this super cuddly uh teddy bear of a dude and they called him big love and they started this thing called bled fest which was big love's educational festival (laughs) and it was basically a basement show with like doing the multi-genre thing that I talked about earlier and like laughed about how terrible I did it sometimes, but like sometimes it was great, you know, sometimes you'd have a punk band and then a metal band and then a hip hop act and then a cool alternative band. And then, 
you know, and it worked. You'd be like, okay, cool. That that was a fun night. Like I learned some new shit and yeah. got into some stuff I wasn't into before. So that was the whole like premise of Bloodfest was just like this fun three dollar basement show with these like eight bands that were all these different genres. And they were all like um ex- extreme or, or like intense music. It wasn't like, you know, uh Yanni and uh, you know, fucking jewel. It was like <laughs> heavier bands and louder bands and faster bands <laughs> and just all that kind of stuff, but all kind of blended together in this, in this like loving, welcoming environment. And there was, you know, 40 kids there mm-hmm. and his mom and dad were like, yeah, that was fun. We could do it again next year. So the following <laughs> year he does it and uh, 200 kids show up and um, just based on like the, the legend that he had built in the community about how much fun they had 200 people showed up to this this suburban home and uh it was a mess you know it, <laughs> it was exactly what you would think it would be every 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 house had 10 cars parked in front of it in the neighborhood and the neighborhood was like we're cool with this but don't do it again <laughs> and uh it sounds like a 90s 2000 like teen movie right now yeah <laughs> kind of you know you definitely have that uh that sitcom like just just this side of like beverly hills 90210 or whatever you know where it's like party going and and like there's just people everywhere and it was it was all ages it wasn't a drinking thing it was it was high school kids and you know so they weren't like getting into a ton of trouble or anything like that but it was still like loud and raucous and there's cars everywhere and Mm -hmm. so they did it and then the third year he was he he took it to uh, a guy who was kind of starting out doing stuff in the same area I was um, uh, who did mostly like metal stuff. So the third year in 2007, I guess. Yeah. It went to a a roller skating rink out in uh, Westland, which is like a Detroit suburb. And uh, it was all metal core, like, like death metal, like black Dahlia murder, the faceless. Hell yeah. All that kind of stuff. And I, I'm not into that kind of thing. I wasn't involved at this point. I wasn't involved in either of the house shows. I, I stopped by one of them for like five minutes, but I was definitely like the old guy. You know, I was like, <laughs> no, I'm 26. I'm not going to hang out with all these 16-year-olds at this yeah. house. One thing at a venue or something like that or being the person in charge at a, at a you know, hall show or whatever, mm-hmm. the person who is old enough to sign a check or a contract or whatever. But, um, yeah, I wasn't going to go hang out at the house. So the third year, these they went and took it and did this huge show, and like 1,600 kids showed up, but it was like out of control. And, you know, Ben told me he said we sold out, but we still lost money. Like they just lost control of it and paid everybody too much, and and it was like, for the for the death metal kids, it was legendary because it was like no barricade and this just madness, yeah, yeah. but like. But like it almost got shut down a couple of times or whatever. And like a bunch of people were totally into it, you know. So um, but he basically was like, I can't do this and lose money on a show that sells out. Like that's not the you know, and they went from like total DIY to like real show in kind of a DIY ethic space, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the money got real. It got to be an economy issue, you know, like this thing. I could do it for free in my parents' basement, but I can't, you know, lose $800 or $8,000 or whatever the hell they lost that night. Um, I'm sure. By the way, it sounds bad. 
yeah. it, was, it was it was a small loss, you know. And um, so Ben brought it to me because I was I had been booking his band quite a bit uh, locally, and you know he was a friend, and he said, "Is there anywhere you can put this?" And at the same at that same era, we were booking shows at the Heartland Performing Arts Center, which is which is the auditorium that's attached to the old high school. It just sounds cooler than saying the Heartland Educational Support Services Center, which is the actual name of the building. Um, it's a community center now. It's got like my wife's dance program is in there and the gymnastics program and there's a senior center and there's, so it's an old high school that they've repurposed as like a community building, but the name is the H-E-S-S-C. So we just call it HPAC, Heartland Performing Arts Center. Um, and we did shows out in the lobby. So basically, like, imagine at your high school, like, walking into, like, the area that you, like, stand outside in before you go in and see a play or a dance recital. Like, we just mm-hmm. did shows in the lobby like that. We put the stage <laughs> on one wall. And there, by stage, I just mean where the bands performed on the floor. <laughs> and, and we took these, like, folding walls and, like, kind of walled <laughs> in this space. And we would do shows there for a while, but it's the, the high school I went to school at, you know, when I graduated high school in 1997. So we were like in my old high school um, doing shows, which was really weird. And uh, we walked around one day and, and we had started doing um, these two stage, fe- two stage events there where we would have a stage on each wall. It was super stupid. It was literally just so that we could cram more bands on a bill, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if I could book four bands on one stage, if I had two stages, I could do eight bands, and then more people would come. Um, so we would just alternate these, like, little shows back and forth with two PAs and eight bands instead of four, and they would conceivably draw more people. And um, But I started walking around the school, and I'm like, I could put a stage over there, and I could put a stage over there, and we could, you know, and I just went to the the people at the school whose uh, kids were in my wedding, uh, Michelle Otis, who's like the the community education supervisor, um, she was just like, just don't break anything. And <laughs> just like gave me the keys to the building and was like, we're going out of town for the weekend for Memorial Day. And like, here's a custodian. Uh, and we put, a, we put a stage in the old cafeteria which is where the main stage has been every year um where i used to eat lunch every day and the principal would get up there and be like okay here's the announcements for the day um and you know you'd like daydream and like you know me going back to my nirvana thing like i don't know if you've ever seen the smells like teen spirit video or like Mm -hmm. all hell breaks loose in a school like literally Bloodfest is just that it's like that daydream that you have where like the cheerleader's get crazy and the whole thing just goes nuts and there's a band playing and there's kids moshing in the middle of the cafeteria like straight up that's what Bloodfest is is like the manifestation of that but it was literally just like this multi-roomed building that I could just like put a stage everywhere you know and it was like that's all it was it didn't really have like a a point other than to do it you know mm-hmm. and uh so we put a stage in the cafeteria we put this stage in the lobby we put one down this hallway. It was literally like, imagine like walking down the hall with lockers on both sides and then like having a stage across that hallway, blocking it and band playing at you in your face. Like, there's one in a classroom that it's literally like my old geometry classroom. And it's like 15 by 15. It fits like 50 people in like crammed in. 
So we literally have like a house show inside of a festival. And it was just this like, it was like this anti-everything anti ethic where you're just like, who cares what the rules are? You know, like, let's do this. Let's, let's, if this is going to be punk rock, like, well, let's treat it punk rock. You know, the, the stage is your stage, you know, there's no barricade. There's no nothing like get up on stage. We've never had in the, in the, in the 12 years now that I've done it, we've never had like a photo policy. Like if you're going to play this festival as a band, we're going to let every camera in and they're going to get on stage and they're going to take pictures of you. And it doesn't require any pass or anything. Just like, hmm bring your camera, you know, bring your video camera. Like we're not doing any of that shit. And if you don't, you know, if you're too this or too that to like be down with that, then we're just gonna, we're going to freaking roll <laughs> and we're going to have somebody else play, you know? Um, so that first year, like 700 or 800 people showed up and it was like a, it was a departure from, um, from the death metal thing for sure we still had a lot of heavy stuff but then we had acoustic stuff and we had punk stuff and we had ska and we had all kinds of stuff and we just like put all the livingston county bands on and then tried our best to get some national touring stuff and some like smaller touring and um a lot of dispute played that first year uh gwen stacy from northern indiana was the headliner which was like a uh i think face down records which is like that christian metal core level yeah. uh there was a band from Ohio called Inhale Exhale that was like one of the bigger bands. And like at that time, they, they were kind of a big deal. Now nobody really remembers. Um, that really outspoken Christian metalcore band For Today was on it. Oh, God. Um, Versa Emerge. Hell which yeah. Oh, my like, God, really? Love Versa Emerge. Year, I think I had paid them $100 that year to play. <laughs> um, I'm looking back. A lot of speed was way down the bill. Uh, Attack Attack played the first year. Oh my god! Another hundred dollar band. Actually, they didn't play. They were supposed to play, and their vehicle broke down. But Austin, Austin Carlisle is that his name? Yeah. It's now of Mice and Men's guy, right? Or did I? I don't. Know. He he left them too. He okay. Anyway, yeah. he he showed up anyway and just like sold CDs, but didn't he couldn't play because his band was like broken down. But he got like hopped a ride in with his with his friend or something. And he sold like 50 CDs that day, even though they didn't even play. Um, so, yeah, that was the first year, and uh, here we are, 12 years later, shutting it down. <laughs> I find it so interesting that you basically went to the school, and they pretty much were like the parents handing like the babysitter the keys, and it was like, all right. Don't fuck it up, please. <laughs> I swear to God, you have one adult in charge of you, also right. a custodian. Please don't break anything. Good luck. Bye. Don't tell me what happens. <laughs> right. And, you know, I mean, you know, I'm 40 now, so I was 28 then. So I was a full-blown adult at that point and uh, willing to sign my life away in case something happened or whatever. But, you know, I had the relationship with the school district. Uh, I work, I'm a, I'm a Heartland school employee only to tech my wife's dance recitals each year who she's the director of the dance program for the building, but she's worked in all the different rooms, all the different departments across the school. She's a dance teacher and director. She worked in the daycare center. She worked at, you know, in the, in the community education offices. So it's like the type of place that I can just like walk in and walk past the counter and like sit down behind the thing, you know, and like, it's a rare thing. So people come to me all the time and they're like, 
hey, dude, how'd you, how do you do something like this? How do you make that? I'm like, you don't. Like, nobody's ever going to just like, yeah, here, here's this 50,000 square foot building and here's the keys. Like, don't break it. We'll be back on Monday after Memorial Day weekend, you know? Um, <laughs> but I also built that trust over having a personal relationship. Like I said, you know, Michelle, who's the, the director of the community education, like her daughters were in our wedding and like, you know, Teresa's, she's had Teresa's back over the years and, and uh it just it's it's a special situation so to be able to like rubber stamp this and put it somewhere else it just doesn't it doesn't work um so we've said all throughout and you know i mean i don't know how deep you want to walk through like the history of all of it but just the to get to the end and to get to this year like we've said throughout that if we couldn't do it in the school that Bloodfest as a thing would end. And I'll go take all that energy, the seven and eight months of planning and promotion and whatever um, to pull off a, an event in a space like this. I'll go put that energy towards something else and we'll call it something else. Cause honestly, I hate the name. I think Bloodfest sounds stupid. It sounds like uh, <laughs> we got a quote for um, table rental and they call, you know, on the, on the quote, it says Bloodfest. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah. I, that's the that's like what people think it is. They think it's like this Satan worshiping like death metal thing. Yeah. And then they come, you know, the parents will drop their kids off or like the administrators will walk through and be like, Oh, I actually like that band. It's like, well, yeah, it's it's now it's you know, it used to be that it was, you know, a lot of the heavier stuff that like old people just couldn't get down with, but like we've tried to diversify it over the years and really um change the dynamic of it, but um Basically, what happened is that the township has new uh, officials that aren't looking the other way at things mm -hmm. like this. They're requiring you to go through the proper permitting process and all that kind of stuff. And they've been really good to work with this year. And like, if we really wanted to, we could change the whole thing up and probably continue to do it. But it's just added a, another like huge layer of of uh, exhaustion to it. It's a it's an incredibly labor intensive and like. Uh, emotional toil that goes into like turning a school into a festival for a day and then having to have it flip to be a school again in two days, you know? Um, so it just, it's kind of run its course. And, and so what we're going to do is, is, you know, take that energy and go somewhere else. And, um, and that's okay. We're all fine with it. You know, it's sad. It's definitely going to be sad. I was texting with, uh, uh, soupy from the wonder years today and he was trying to tell me and i'm not spoiling anything here um but he was like hey should we what band what, what song do you think we should play last like it's gonna be the last Bloodfest song and i'm like i you know i gave him a few suggestions we bounced some things back and forth and you can all find out next weekend but um <laughs> there you go stay tuned kids <laughs> yeah stay tuned but um basically i was like for me personally, I was like, I'm not going to see it. So I don't really care that much, dude. <laughs> I'm going to be like pushing a mop at that point. You know, like, uh, we, we, I got to watch, you know, I've had some of my favorite bands play the last couple of years, obviously a lot of dispute being the homies. And like, I tried to watch a couple of songs of their set. Um, bear versus shark is one of my favorite bands of all time. And they got to play two years ago. And I like watched like 10 seconds of it. You know, I just didn't, it's just I'm running around like a maniac. So like, yeah. you know, as much as people love it, as much as it's like this summer camp vibe where like 
people travel in from all over the place and they do it's like 30 to 40 percent out of state at this point now which is an insane wow. number for for a little podunk festival like this but there are kids that travel from like europe to just like every year they just fly oh, over here for blood fest and like they there's this crew that drives in from texas and there's this other crew that drives in from delaware and they're there every year and it's just like it's this special like thing that has developed itself in a very certain way over the years and it just can't be reproduced so we're just going to go back to like square one and start over with something and i can't guarantee that it'll be next year even you know it's like we might uh we might i might just go on vacation next summer and not think <laughs> about it. you know Absolutely. like actually enjoy my man and for me personally like i have my wife's dance recital is this weekend. Uh, the rehearsal for that was last weekend. So we do rehearsal last weekend, two recitals this weekend, Bloodfest next weekend. And then we do this thing, uh, this indie car race called the Detroit Grand Prix, where I have Stone Temple Pilots and Frankie Ballard headlining the following weekend. And then two weeks after, or three weeks after that, we have this thing called Three Stacks Festival um, with the Breeders and Betty Who and Touche Amore and Talib Kweli. And huh. like, it's, so that's six weeks like of just madness and yeah. you can imagine the planning that goes into each of those so like yeah. literally my whole spring is just like shot every year <laughs> so so i don't mind to put put this thing out to pasture and like maybe maybe in the future we'll do an event in the fall of 2020 or 2021 or something like that and like yeah. you know not have it be all at the same fucking time <laughs> every every may where it's just like i'm happy but I'm miserable. <laughs> nah, that's a mood. <laughs> yeah. God, that's um, something I found interesting was um, you guys are also, um, for this blood press at least, I'm not sure if this was also last year or the past couple of years, but Audio Tree is also um, a, like helping present this and like a sponsor, basically. So the Audio Tree dudes are my absolute homies. Um, Mike and Adam are Michigan guys. They're the owners and founders of Audio Tree. Um, and then all the staff, uh, Jess and Jessica and Blake, and, and just they're all such awesome people. They do such cool, cool stuff. Um, you know, obviously they've moved very heavily into Chicago with purchasing Shubas and Lincoln Hall and the Audio Tree Studio has always been there in a couple of different places and they've got that incredible restaurant that's attached to Lincoln Hall now. Um, like they're from Kalamazoo and Michigan is kind of like their their bread and butter to start, but obviously Chicago has become their new home. And they did their their Audio Tree Music Festival here every fall for the last six years in Kalamazoo. And we helped in various formats, just like with marketing or production or just, just helping like spread the word. Um, and this year they're not bringing it back. And this year at the same time, my title sponsor for the last three years or my like main sponsor, um, decided they weren't coming back either. So I was like, here it is show is on sale like Bloodfest lineup's been announced and I still don't have a main sponsor and that's a huge chunk yeah. so I was like who the hell could I just hit up and be like yo who wants to sponsor this thing in this school that is, there's no alcohol and there's no corporate anything <laughs> and like you want to give me some money and so you know there's the list of brands that even made sense was very short and they were the first ones I hit up and I said look guys like literally just like I don't care 
how much money you write me. Like they wrote me a nice check, which was very nice of them. But like, I just want you guys involved. I think I can't think of another brand that makes more sense, especially with you guys pulling out of Michigan for the, the, your own festival this year, if you wanted to invest a little bit of money in, in our thing. And I was hoping, and, and logistically it's always so hard with Memorial day weekend and, uh, family stuff, people with families, like having kids out of school and stuff. But I was hoping the audio tree would like come out and do one of their far out sessions and oh, like yeah, film that, that a bunch of stuff. And the logistics didn't work out this year. They were really down to like try it and try some different things. But that was the hope in my mind was like, let's bring their video element to it and kind of capture a band set or like have a special like uh, secret set that gets filmed or something where we take the one years or, or somebody who's not even playing the festival and like cram them in this tiny classroom with 30 people, 30 <laughs> that happened to like see a tweet that we post two minutes before, like we're locking the door in two minutes, get in here, you know, and, and have all the cameras set up and have it be like a full blown, like storyteller style, like half hour intimate set. And they weren't able to like, pull the the logistics side together but just their support in general like to help promote it and things like that has 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 up the uh, artistic value uh a ton and they're you know they're just people that i believe in i think they do things right i think they treat their people right i think they uh they internet correctly um yeah. i think <laughs> their ethics are, are where they're supposed to be. I think Jess is one of the most hilarious social media people in the f- history of the fucking world. <laughs> uh, I think she's amazing. Uh, I tell my social media guy all the time, like, just be like Jess. I know you're, I know you're a white guy, so you can't all the way, but like mostly, <laughs> so you can't all the way. mostly be like Jess. Um, and, uh, yeah. So it's really special to have them this year. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, like their whole crew, I, you know, if we were closer, like the whole crew would roll out, but I'll have a pretty good contingent of audio tree folks in the building that day, which will just be nice to be able to have them on board. Yeah. I was about to say, I have a friend who works at audio tree. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. Who's that? Um, Jake Chavera. He goes by Jake Chevron. He's like their payroll person, but he, I know okay. he goes. Out. Okay. I do not know Jake, the payroll person. <laughs> There's a lot of people in there for like a, an organization. No, there, are, there is. For an organization that like, if you look at it, it's like, okay, the video sessions obviously take a bunch of people, but like a 200 and a 500 cap concert venue, like there's a lot of people there. But then you think about the restaurant and you think about all the branding stuff and all of the video and it, it takes a real army over there. And their office is so cool. There's so many dogs all the time. And it's just, <laughs> it's, it's really, uh, a really impressive place. So everybody that works there is super great. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, what else? What else do you want to know about Bloodfest? We like skipped ten years. We just like <laughs> like how it started to the end. I mean, we're we're getting to about an hour, which is usually about how long we go. Um, we could maybe talk a little bit about the bands that are playing this year. Try to try to get more people to drive up from Chicago or. Or come out yeah, well, the areas around. If you're gonna come up, you better get your damn tickets now because we are uh we've never sold out in advance. In fact, we've only sold technically sold out one time. Like we've always been packed and it's always gotten better. 
but this year we are going to sell out in advance being the final year people are like freaking out they're on fire about it so there's like 300 tickets left at this point so um if you're listening i don't even need to sell you on the bands just come out uh (laughs) but um the lineup came together real good this year i think uh you know the wonder years being the headliner is one of the perfect like last you know they played in 2012 uh when they're on tour with the early november and uh soupy has always said like dude i want to come back dude i want to come back dude i want to come back and every year they're either like overseas at slam dunk festival which is Mm -hmm. the same weekend in the uk or they're on some big tour like the week or month before which is part of the reason that like all the bands that i wanted to play this year a lot of them like the pups of the world and a lot of speeds like you know they're on a major tour a couple weeks before cutting through town so um that came together nicely and then obviously there's the Aaron west side set which will be great as well um uh hawthorne heights are my homies uh two of my God, really good hawthorne heights. <laughs> two of my really good friends um mark and poppy play guitar and play drums in that band now there used to be or there are they're still in a band called the story changes from dayton which is where hawthorne's from mm-hmm. And Story Changes just put out a brand new record. If you uh, like, like kind of that '90s alternative uh, driving forward rock, it's really sick. Um, but those guys uh, do, do Story Changes still when Hawthorne's not very busy. But um, I was getting texts from those guys like, "Dude, we gotta play. We gotta play. Like, get us on. We gotta play." <laughs> they did the Silence of Black and White 10 year anniversary tour at bled in 2013 it was like one of the craziest sets we've ever had and you know hawthorne's a long time band and they've been through more shit than most bands like you know like 10 bands combined and they've had some really low points and they've had some points where they you know the popularity dropped but um that set was just like i think an eye-opener for them too or it was like oh my god like we still have it and their new records are so good like such an underrated band um, oh i know i they're one of my personal favorite bands and i know not everybody agrees with that statement i saw <laughs> them i first saw them at a zoomies couch tour in aurora yeah. illinois like outside on like the parking lot pavement and i was like i love this band right they're uh they're really special and and uh you know so having them on board is great um, Camp Cope is a band that we worked with on their first U.S. tour last year. They played the inaugural Three Stacks Festival and just destroyed. I mean, they're just such a powerful, powerful band, a powerful presence. And um, they got on early, too. So I was like, between Wonder Years and Camp Cope, it was just like, okay, well, the top of the bill is done. Now I just got to go find all the the fill bands that you know are going to fill out the last 70 slots in the festival and we generally try to have like half locals and we've always done that um so there's a ton i mean it's a who's who of like all the great local talent in michigan so um but then like in the middle of the bill um you know i i saw illuminati hotties at south by southwest and they're freaking great they're so much fun they're so good they're really good they're like kind of in the same realm as like rat boys or whatever i kind of like call them uh like current weezer like if weezer Hmm. obviously they just have like the the sensibility and like the the quirkiness of like early weezer 
the, all the things that Weezer themselves has has have lost over the years. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I feel like that that's a fair comparison. I definitely can get on with that. Yeah, and then Free Throw is playing, and like every year, there's a band that like surprises the shit out of us as far as like the the rage that people like the 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 explosion that happens on stage for like a band that's lower down on the bill. Um, so one year it was dads and the next year it was old gray and the next year it was somebody else. And, uh, quite a few years ago it was modern baseball. It was like, okay, we put them on the side stage and like, holy crap, you can't even get in the room. Um, a <laughs> couple years ago it was free throw, like early on in free throws, like now they're, you know, starting to do some business and get on some bigger tours and, you know, they're signed and all that. But like early on, they played on one of the side stages and the room was just like ramped. You couldn't get in. And then they, they've played it three times now, but like every set is just like, uh, this blood fest might as well be like a free throw fan convention. Cause it, <laughs> that, that set is going to be like as wild as anything that happens. And I'm trying to look at like the, the lineup this year to figure out like who that's going to be. I think, that CU Space Cowboy band is going to be insane yeah. and will probably die on stage. They're kind of like, we used to do stuff like, we used to do stuff like the chariot, you know, and you're like, yeah. dude, I think, I literally think this band is going to like explode and just like burst into flame and die on stage because they're so insane. And CU Space <laughs> Cowboy has a lot of that. Um, I think Prince Daddy and the Hyena and I think Safe Face this year are going to be like the bands yeah. that are like farther down on the bill. On such a good show. Which one? Save Face put on a really fucking wild show. They yeah. are so good. And and I think, uh, you know, obviously there's stuff like Kississippi and Awake But Still in Bed and Small Talks and Koji. And, like, it, it's just, there's the de- it's so deep. Every year there's, like, 40 bands that are worth seeing. And, and we try really hard. We just released the set times yesterday. And judging by, like, the lack of outrage, I think we did pretty well. <laughs> Um, to make sure that we don't overlap but when there's six stages and 72 bands like there's gonna be like there's like three kids that are like how do you have pool kids and hawthorne heights at the same time i'm like all right come on pool kids is like never you know like played any of our shows before like i know that there's a buzz about them i know there's a local connection because they're homies with mover shaker and all this stuff but like like i wouldn't think of that being the band to not put up against hawthorne heights yeah like like Hawthorne Heights is a bunch of dads, like, you know, my age pretty much up on stage and, and pool kids are these young kids from Florida, you know? So, um, I, my number one thing that I think I tell people about Bloodfest is to, to just like open your ears and your eyes and just go wander around and people tell me all the time, like, dude, I never heard of whatever, you know? And now they're my favorite band because I saw them at Bloodfest in this tiny little classroom for 40 people. And it it maintains that it's the, it's that classroom element that like maintains most of the time you play a festival, like you play the local stage at Warp Tour, or you play like first of twelve on like an amphitheater stage and it's completely empty. And it's like, cool, I'm on the same bill as freaking, you know. Uh, Coheed and Cambria, but I'm playing for 12 disinterested people, you know, I'm half a mile away. We've tried to like make sure that like all the stages feel good, like you're headlining wherever you are, you know, because if 100 people cram into some of these spaces, they are like packed to the gills. 
and like at two o'clock in the afternoon for a band to play at two o'clock and have like what feels like a sold out show to them, you know, it's just super sick. And that's kind of helped build a lot of these bands followings in the area where they'll do better in Michigan than they'll do everywhere else. Cause they just like, they had that energy of like, I don't care that it's two o'clock, the lights are off and the stage looks good. And there's a hundred people in here and 30 of them are screaming the words, you know, cause they drove from fucking Iowa to come to blood. <laughs> yep. Like, uh, Oh God, what's that been from a kayak Jones last year, you know, like, Oh, they're su- so good support band, you know, on a hot mulligan tour in that time frame, and like being friends with those guys. And they came here and like half their hometown drove with them. So like, if you walk in and you're like, who's kayak Jones. And there's like 40 kids like screaming the words. And it's like, okay, why did I, why am I not onto the secret that these kids obviously get? And then you get in the pit and you freaking move around. And next thing you know, next time they come to town you're screaming the words you know and you're the only one because all the other kids went back to iowa but um (laughs) you know it's got that cool atmosphere where like these kids are coming to see these bands very specifically and it's it's really cool to just like wander around and run into something in the middle of the afternoon when your schedule says like oh i've got a break and then you walk in and you're like okay that's my new favorite band small talks last year just absolutely destroyed and it was like nobody knew, but she just walked around. Kaylee walked around all day long. It was just like, "Hi, I'm Kaylee. Come see my band, Small Talks." And like, she went on stage and she looked up after like tuning her guitar, and she's like, "Holy shit, there's people in here!" And then they just ripped their faces off, and just like, and it was like it was like one of those success story wins where I was just like, "Yes, yes, this is why we do this." <laughs> um, Bloodfest, baby. Yeah, that sounds fucking awesome um wild can you give us some places where everybody can go to find out more info uh you can say if you want people to follow you or if you just want to keep them you know to all of your your other products (laughs) and not follow you on any oh there's there's so many um obviously at fusion shows on all the social media um is the company uh at bloodfest is the social media for uh the festival um, I'm on Twitter at Nate DeRoe. If you want to hear me rant about shit, I'm, I'm well known for my <laughs> rants about the fucked up things that happen in the music business. And, uh, yeah, Perfect. hit me up, hit me up. Let's chat. Sweet. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we do an outro? Not at all, dude. I think, uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing and, uh, you know, listening to you talk to Johnny was kind of like, haven't seen that dude in a while so i I reconnected with him uh on facebook and said hello and checked in with him and uh yeah just keep doing what you're doing if you guys ever need anything or a connection or whatever just reach out this is all one big happy family it's kind of the way i treat it so you know i'm happy to help out with anybody who's doing things the right way so keep it up awesome dude we appreciate that we really appreciate it are you coming out i know i know that that (laughs) What what excuse do you have for not driving to Howell, Michigan? Not owning not owning a car. <laughs> that's a good that's a good one. That's, yeah, that's a, I don't that's have a physical fair, way fair. to put my body from Chicago to, to Michigan. <laughs> fair enough. I'm well, not going to start you, walking right now. <laughs> if you can find a ride, you have a free ticket waiting for you. So come hang out. If if I'll not, we'll, we'll cross paths the next time I'm in Chicago. I'm in town usually a couple times a year. I'll, maybe we can all go out and get a. Uh, a shake from uh, 
What's the the place that everybody raves about? The vegan place. Chicago Diner. Chicago Diner. How could I not remember the name of the, the name? Of the <laughs> oh, that diner in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, you know the diner in Chicago, the one. There's actually a. I I want to argue that there's a better vegan milkshake place over in Lakeview called Pick Me Up Cafe. Pick Me Up okay. Cafe is good. That's, That's usually the place you go after uh after the metro. I mean, it, I'm a I'm a meat eater myself, so uh, you know, Chicago they, diet for have, me is like normal food too. You can get like chicken. All right, all right. I was just, that was just the first thing I thought of is like, what's food that we could go get that's iconic? And it's like it's that diner, you know, the one in Chicago. The, the, the diner. It's, it's a it's in Chicago. And it's a diner. Uh, anyway, yeah, cool. Well, Nate, I appreciate it was, you guys. Uh... Yeah, thank you. It was it was so cool talking to you. So I'm gonna do a really shitty outro and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, from all of us here at the Emo Social Club podcast, I'm Brian. I'm Lizzie. And goodbye. And that's how we end. The yeah, we're professional. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You you didn't do the uh, you didn't do the shitty intro though. No. You, you just let me talk. So yeah, I'll uh, do the shitty intro. I- Later. <laughs> there you go. You'll add it. You'll add it in later. Just say yeah. that Nate said that uh, you didn't do the shitty intro, so you patch it in later. <laughs> do it in post. <laughs> All right, guys. I really appreciate your time. Uh, keep it up and uh, stay in touch. Thank you so much, dude. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Later.